I'm Michael. I'm Alexis. And this is Financial Advice for All. A podcast about personal finances where we bring in experts from the field to answer your questions. A sudden death in the family can throw your life and your personal finances into total chaos. Funeral expenses, new obligations, and the loss of a primary income earner can come as a brutal shock, especially when you're already consumed by grief. But planning in advance for unexpected events can make it easier to deal with them when they happen. Our guest today is Jane Blaufus. A CLU holder and Advocates member, Jane has more than 25 years experience of insurance expertise as a financial advisor, sales manager, and executive. She's the author of the best-selling book, With the Stroke of a Pen, Claim Your Life, a guide to preparing for serious illness and death based on her personal story. Hi, Jane. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for inviting me to be part of this podcast today. I'm really happy to be here. We're happy to have you here as well, Jane. I'd like to start out by asking how death has shaped your life and finances. Losing my first husband in an accident when he was only 39 years old and becoming a widow with a 12 and a half year old daughter certainly changes the way you think about your life and the way you think about your finances. When you become a sole breadwinner in the household, then you really have to take a conscious deep dive into your finances and take a look at where you're spending your money because it really comes down to what do you really need versus what do you want to have. So death shapes your life and definitely shapes your finances, but you know, you can recover from it and move on as I have to learn to live in love again. Often emotions and finances have a very complicated and sometimes almost volatile relationship. When someone has passed, how do the new emotions and circumstances impact your larger financial picture? After my husband passed away, there were so many emotions that were going through my body that I wasn't able to really think clearly. I, you know, my head was in a fog. I walked around sometimes feeling like my head was nothing but a marshmallow and trying to make important decisions were really, really difficult for me. And it impacts your financial picture because when you're by yourself, you're solely responsible for making all the decisions. And if your emotions are running rampant, it's really hard to think clearly. So I was very thankful to have my financial advisor that I had a really deep trust relationship with me right by my side, literally some days taking me by the hand and helping me to even write checks out because sometimes I couldn't string two words together and didn't know what day it was. So emotions are something that are really, they can have a serious impact on what your financial picture looks like moving forward. So it's important to have trusted people as part of your team. Wow. It sounds like your financial advisor really ended up being the steadying force during that experience for you. Um, I'm wondering how you were able to manage your emotions and deal with your finances at the same time. You've mentioned your financial advisor, but how did you get past that experience? In a funny way, this is almost like the question I just answered a little bit before, but if it wasn't for the support network that I thankfully had around me after my husband passed away, my family, my good friends, and my financial advisor, I don't know how I would have managed to make some of the most monumental financial decisions of my adult life 
without their support because my emotions were running rampant. So at least I had someone to take me by the hand, slow me down. And if I needed clarity around something, there was someone there to help me to cut through the noise that was going on in my own head because I was shell-shocked. You know, a police officer walked up my driveway to tell me that my husband had been killed that morning and my life that I knew in 60 seconds was gone. So you, there's just a myriad of emotions. You can't explain them. They're individual, but you definitely need help and guidance to deal with your finances when you're on an emotional roller coaster. This traumatic event happened while you were fairly young, uh, but you already had a financial advisor and plan in place, it sounds like. So what are some crucial things that people should have in place before a tragedy that results in death occurs? I believe that there are some really crucial things that people need to have in place before death, because you can't make any changes after you're gone, but you can certainly control a lot of things before you go. In my book, With the Stroke of a Pen, Claim Your Life, there's a 33-page checklist at the back of the book where I talk about this very issue. And I talk about the type of professionals that people should be aligning themselves with before something happens. One of them, of course, is a financial advisor because I believe that you need to have life insurance, critical illness, possibly disability insurance maybe even long-term care insurance. But the other individual that you really should have sat down with as well is a lawyer. And make sure that there's powers of attorney in place and a up-to-date current will. And if you, you know, so inclined, a living will. But these are such important things. This is all part of taking responsibility. I, I have a mantra that I live by, that we have a responsibility to ourselves and to those we love to leave this world in an organized manner. We cannot and should not, cannot leave chaos behind for our loved ones. That's not leaving a legacy of love. That's handcuffing them and making them have to deal with things. But there are some things that might occur before someone passes away, back to what I you know, mentioned just earlier about making sure that there's disability, critical illness, and long-term care is a big thing these days because it costs a lot of money to have somebody take care of someone that you love. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, if you could choose one thing that should be mandatory uh, and that everyone should have in place before death, what would it be and can you tell us why? I'm adamant about it being a will. And why am I adamant about being a will? Because the you cannot speak to somebody from the grave. If you have not expressed your wishes in, you know, the proper manner before you go, then you can leave chaos behind you. Having a will in place that's current, that's drawn up, I believe, by a lawyer, and also legal guardians in place if you have underage children, powers of attorney, living will, wishes, all of those things. It's important that you do this so that your family or those that are taking care of your estate know what your express wishes were. I think that right now young people are having a hard time preparing for retirement, uh, let alone death. So how do you make preparing for death something that young people are interested in? Wow, how to get young people interested in talking about retirement or death. Oh, that's the ultimate. You know, you often cannot get adults to talk about it. So sometimes trying to get younger people 
to have this conversation is like pulling teeth. I'll give you a case in point. My 39-year-old husband, I tried four times to have the conversation with him about what would he want, what were his wishes, if anything were to happen. Well, he never answered my question. He always turned the conversation around to what would happen if I went, because in his mind, he was only 39. He was immortal. He flew, you know, planes and he drove fast motorcycles. So that wasn't a subject that he was really willing to to approach or stare in the face. I think that we as parents can play a huge part in helping our children and our, you know, to to be open to talking about this sort of stuff. You know, it's really a shame how many kids reach adulthood without ever having had a conversation about household finances. We really have to be the role models for our children and talk about and help them with financial literacy. It's not something that, you know, you'd sit around the Sunday night dinner table, do we even do that anymore? But it's not something that you just sort of say, okay, well, what happens if you die tomorrow? No, we, that's not the way the conversation goes. But it's a courageous conversation that we can really help to guide younger people with. Because when you're young, you think you've got the rest of your life ahead of you. Like some of us are sitting here going, how the heck did we get to the age we are today? We never thought this far in advance. So I think just having the conversation and being open about it, the good, the bad, the ugly, I think that we can play a huge part in helping younger people to feel more comfortable and open about talking about both retirement and God forbid, if they die too soon. So you used to be an active financial advisor. And I guess I want to know whether or not you approached young people differently when discussing their finances and planning for death. When I was an active financial advisor, my target market, because of the age I was at, was young people. And I sold a lot of insurance to young people, and I was often asked, how do you do that? Do you use a different approach to finances and death when you're dealing with young clients? Yes and no. But the biggest thing that I concentrated and focused on with young people was getting the message through to them that it's good health that buys life insurance, critical illness, disability, all of those kind of products. It's not money. And we usually, you know, talked about the fact that you'll probably never be healthier than you are today. And I would let them have sort of a walk down the lane to sort of take a look at their future and to, I'd ask some questions about, you know, do you want to get married someday? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to have a home? You know, because it helps them to visualize that they're, when they get to that stage in life, the insurance would be very important or making sure that you've covered all of your bases. And I would come back to the good health piece. And that's usually what I found resonated with younger people when it came to talking about finances and death that seemed to click with them and stay with them. So we've talked a lot about some of the more traumatic experiences you've had, but are there any other major life experiences that have impacted the way you deal with your personal finances? As I already shared with the listeners, my first major life experience that impacted the way I think about my finances was becoming a widow with a 12 and a half year old. But that's not the only thing that's happened in my life. Luckily, I'm happily remarried to a wonderful man. And about 10 years ago, I made 
a major, major decision and decided that I wasn't happy and that I wasn't fulfilled in what I was doing from a you know, career perspective. And I thought, there's got to be more to life than this. But my husband had stepped off the corporate bus the year before and left his executive position in the transportation industry. And here was me wanting to step off the bus and do something from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Well, I think some people might think that was suicidal. But the only reason that we were in a position to have me step off corporate as well and away from a, you know, a guaranteed salary was because of the decisions we'd made with our personal finances. We didn't, one of us didn't have to be in a job in order to have group benefits in place. We had taken care of everything we needed to take care of. We had personal life insurance, executive DI, critical illness. We bought long-term care after, just before I was getting ready to leave corporate, as a matter of fact. But we also had group benefits in place on the side. So we had put everything we needed in place from a personal finance safety net, as I like to call it, that enabled us to make major life decisions which was to change the course of where our careers were going. And I'm happy to say that 10 years later, I'm doing what I love and I'm making a difference. So it's wonderful that because of all the planning we'd done in terms of our finances, I'm able to live a life that I love, speak around the world and help people to get their personal and financial lives in order while they can. On your website, you talk about courageous conversations. Can you explain to me what those are or how you go about doing that? I refer to myself as a catalyst for courageous conversations. And people say to me all the time, Jane, what do you mean by courageous conversations? Quite simply, a courageous conversation is a conversation that pushes somebody out of their comfort zone and makes them talk about things that quite often they don't want to talk about. And one of the things people don't want to talk about is becoming ill or dying. So that's what I'm referring to when I talk about courageous conversations. What's the best way to build up the courage to have courageous conversations? I think that financial advisors play a huge role in helping clients and prospects to get courageous conversations started. As I'm speaking to advisors around the world, I talk to them about they're the only people that will ever ask the types of questions that need to be asked to start these courageous conversations. And contrary to popular belief, nine out of 10 people really want to have these conversations. They just can't because it scares them. It's a fearful conversation for them to have. But I always encourage advisors not to stay at the 35,000 foot level. You've got to get out of your comfort zone, peel the onion, dig down deep and help people. Because at the end of the day, I get to talk to people on a different scale than advisors do. And people say to me so often, it's like somebody took the weight of the world off my shoulders because they helped me and or my family or loved ones to actually have these conversations. And courageous conversations start with us first as an individual. 
we have to have those conversations with ourselves. Then we have to have those conversations with our loved ones. Back to, you know, I've talked before about how important wills and those type of things are, because we have to share with those that we love or who are going to be responsible for taking care of cleaning everything up after we're gone. We have to give them some direction. Then having the courageous conversations with the appropriate people, such as financial advisors, lawyers, accountants. And I highly encourage people to have a courageous conversation and pre-plan their own funerals. So I don't think that financial advisors are resistant to having the conversation. It's more, I believe, on the client side of it, but they can play such a pivotal role in helping people to get over the fear of talking about these important issues. What do you wish more people knew or did in relation to unexpected life events? As I mentioned earlier, I'm happily remarried. And the interesting thing is, is my husband is also a widower. He didn't expect to lose his wife, just as I didn't expect to lose my husband. But there are unexpected life events that get thrown thrown at us. And how we deal with them, go through them, and survive them depends on how we are how much we are prepared for it the role of a financial advisor in my mind is one of the most noble professions in the world because advisors don't sell product advisors solve problems and a lot of people don't understand what the problem is that could arise if they're not prepared for an illness, for an unexpected death or things like that. So I really think this is all back to the courageous conversations piece. Nobody wants to talk about this, but the role the advisor plays in helping people to be prepared if these unexpected life events occur is monumental. Because of the preparation that my husband, my first husband and I had done, I was able to not have to worry about it from a financial perspective while I tried to get my feet back underneath me so I could stand up and get on with trying to create a new normal for my daughter and I. I liken it to a financial safety net that caught me and held me when I fell and gave me a chance to learn to live and love again. How important is an advisor when planning for unexpected life events? I truly believe that financial advisors are worth their weight in gold because they're the ones that help us to prepare for these unexpected life events. The only way we can really know if we're prepared is to be working with somebody who's knowledgeable, educated, you know, is this is their field of expertise. Because I did a webinar recently where I was talking to the the audience and I said, would you do a root canal on yourself if you're not a dentist? Would you perform open heart surgery on yourself or on a loved one? Well, if the answer is no, then why would you try to create a financial plan and build wealth without having a financial advisor on your wealth team. The financial advisor is the person that can put money in place to help with all of these unexpected life events and to coordinate with, you know, people to make sure that everything is put in place. 
I still work with the same financial advisor. My only concern is, is one day he will leave me before I will leave him. But I really believe that the financial advisor is the linchpin in making sure that you can adequately address unexpected life events. It's been a great conversation, Jane. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and experiences with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I've really enjoyed my time with you. And for anyone who doesn't really know that much about me or would like to find out more about, you know, the checklist I've been referring to in the book or whatever, or would like to just connect, please head on over to Jane Blaufus, B-L-A-U-F-U-S dot com and find out more and just drop me a note if you'd like to, to talk to me further. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much. This has been the Financial Advice for All podcast, a podcast about managing your personal finances. If you liked it, please subscribe or rate us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And on our Financial Advice for All website, under podcasts, we have a survey tool. And if there's something you'd really like to hear us talk about, then put it in there and we receive those notices and we can definitely try and schedule them in for this year. The Financial Advice for All podcast is intended to be used for informational purposes only and does not provide accounting, tax, investment, legal, or other professional advice. Before making any decision or taking any action, you should consult an independent and appropriately qualified professional. You can review our full terms of use at financialadvicefor.com forward slash terms of use.